Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blinds, a pop culture kiki. I'm Kelly Williams. And I'm Troy McGeady. And we just want to remind you, we are about to take two weeks off, but next week we're actually going to release one of our Stoner series episodes, which are really fun. And you kind of get to know us as like people, not just as bad readers. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) And also our Patreon subscribers really like take to those episodes so if you are not subscribed to our patreon and has never heard one um they're fun it's literally us stoned asking a lot or answering a lot of really good questions because our listeners always have like really well thought out like funny questions and we just want to remind you we have two live shows in new york and boston tickets are going fast we finally saw the numbers we thought it was like (laughs) alleged but it's true (laughs) yeah they are going fast the little a uh, fire emoji that they put on the website is real. It is not false. I thought I used to think it was made up. Shall we start with some reader blinds? Yeah. So we've been starting to get more. So thank you guys so much for sending them in. Um, obviously, we'll try and read as many as we can in episode. But this first one is about John Corbett, Aiden from Sex in the City. <laughs> I need to tell my John Corbett story in super late honor of the Sex in the City episode. He was on tour with his band in 2013, and he made a stop in Charlotte and was out at bars the night before his show. My friend at the time, my fiancé now husband, and myself bumped into him and his band and ended up hanging out with him, and he was very nice and lots of fun to us, but was very much over random girls coming up to him, wanting pictures because he was on Sex in the City. All I can say is he was dating Bo Derek at the time, now married, and per my best friend at the time, who left with him that night, per her request, hooked up with him at his hotel and took a bus home the next day, but he did offer passes to his show later that night. Wow, a gentleman. Uh, (laughs) Wow. They're out there, ladies. We just have to look. (laughs) And they might be dating someone else. You don't know. It might be married, but that's okay. You'll still get a, a pass the next day and some bus fare. What kind of band does John Corbett have? I can't even imagine, but I know for sure that they were fringe. I just know they all were fringe. That sounds right for him. They all wear suede fringe. <laughs> uh, this next one is about Katy Perry. This is a really good one. 
Since Katie is in the headlines about the rustle of it all, my friend told me to finally write in what I heard about Katie at Burning Man several years ago. My old personal trainer knows a Hollywood lawyer who takes his clients to Burning Man every year, and she helps with setup, breakdown, and exchange for being on the trip. She said Katie got there before Orlando and was very desperate for all of the attention, being whiny and asking for one thing after another. She made out with my personal trainer's boyfriend at the time, personal trainer laughed it off, and was obvious about being down to hook up with him. Orlando showed up later and she buttoned up a little, but he didn't seem surprised and had to be by her side every second or she'd get distracted and try hooking up with everyone. LOL. So whatever that's worth, LOL. Love you guys. <laughs> Katie being sloppy at a, at, being sloppy is just like what I imagine, like a sloppy drunk who's like got coke on her nose and like, you know. I feel like she's very the girl at a party that throws her arms around your neck and kisses on your cheek and tells you how much she missed you, even though like you're not close with her. You don't even you've never met her. <laughs> and she's like, I love no, like I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like I love you. Oh my god, I just got like fight or f- flight. <laughs> <laughs> this next blind we got is like super fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So now that Usher is headlining the Super Bowl, I also remembered this story. My cousin has multiple sclerosis. She's been in a wheelchair her whole life and has gotten a few wishes from Make-A-Wish. Usher was her favorite since we were little and she wanted to meet him. So they sent her to a show and she met him backstage. He was so mean to her that when the organization heard about her experience, they gave her a new wish and she still only wanted to meet him. So they made him do it again. She went to another show, met him again, and he was a lot nicer to her. Not them having to refund the wish. Like, oh my God, that is insane. But I also kind of respect her cousin to be like, actually, I'm going to meet him again. He's going to be nice to me this time. I know that's a real badass fucking move. That's like ballsy. I would be too scared. Me too. Like I can. That's cut fucking cool. That she was just like, nope, redo. And because you know that he got like reprimanded. Mm-hmm. Like that's iconic. Like no, bitch, you're my wish. Okay, that's iconic. I would never have the balls to do it twice, but that's amazing. I just can't believe that they were like the wish was so bad. We're refunding the wish. Like, I know. Why? She's like, ring it through again. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Like, even Johnny Depp goes to the hospital and shit and reads to the kids. Like, Jesus, Usher. I know. I actually just found out Ed Sheeran. He'll make, like, 40 to 50 Make-A-Wish FaceTimes daily, almost. Wow. I'm like starting to fuck with Ed Sheeran pretty heavily. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, even becoming attracted. You know what that means. I fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> that is not good for anyone. <laughs> Um, should we get into what we're watching? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really watching much. <laughs> I'm watching Love is Blind. Hate it. Oh, you are? Yeah, I think all those people should be in jail. They're all so fucking crazy, but like, I like it. I don't know. Is it the US one or the UK one? Uh, US. Okay. I've heard that the UK one is like really crazy. I bet. And I wish that they would do like a queer love is blind because the queer ultimatum that they did was great Mm -hmm. because gay people were crazy. Yeah, that's why um, Are You The One is always such, I mean, people make fun of me for how loyal I am to Are You The One. But like that shit is fun because it's queer. Right. 
And like when bisexual people get together like that, it's really crazy. Exactly. There's a lot of there's a lot of emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. the the only other thing I wanted to plug was Dark Side of the 2000s, which is on Vice. One of like the best shows I've watched in years. They have episodes about John Goslin. They have episodes about Lindsay Lohan, the shock jocks. And reliving like Opie and Anthony was more jarring than I could have prepared myself for. Because I remember them being bad, but I didn't really like pay attention to Opie and Anthony. And mm-hmm. like the way that they never shifted to kind of how Howard Stern did and just like really double down on saying the N word, still yeah. saying terrible things about women, talking bad about Jewish people. Like they, that was crazy to see. Yeah. The shock jock era was something to live through. Like that was really, and I always say like, I always use obviously Howard is like the example, mm-hmm. he's the number one shock jock example. Right. But like Wendy was also a shock jock. And I just always have, I don't know, it's always annoyed me that people, Howard Stern just can do anything, he can say anything, he gets every pass, because men love Howard Stern, and he's the shock jock, and he can ask women about, like, being molested, and all this crazy shit, and it's fine, but, like, Wendy says something, and she's burned at the stake, and it's like, she's also a shock jock. Right. She's a shock jock, too, like, she was on the radio for a long time, just like him, the only difference is that she covered Black celebrities, while he was, you know, harassing, like, Donald Trump and shit, she was harassing Diddy. Like, that's the only difference, you know? Right. She's also a woman, a Black woman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's terrible. And honestly, even seeing how, like, Howard Stern really tried to change it up, I was like, ew, I can't believe I felt for it. Like, I can't believe I thought, like, Howard Stern really changed. And now he's, he's like, soft boy Howard, but he's still Howard. Right. Because he knows that he cannot survive. Old school Howard can't survive in a Gen Z world. No, nor should he. (laughs) I remember being young and watching, because I used to watch Howard on E! When it was on midnight, like one in the morning. And the shit that they showed on even of like him getting girls to ride the, the orgasm machine and, you know, just like all of the shit. It was just crazy. And I would be my eyes were squares. Like I would literally be so glued to the screen. I was obsessed. God. What about you? What are you you watching? Time for, I, I'm excited to hear Big Brother. Like I like that I don't have to watch it, but I'm interested because <laughs> like the way you talk about it. I have a really passionate Big Brother update. Okay, so one of the things that Big Brother does that drives me fucking insane, and it, every Big Brother fan will tell you the same thing, the editors of that show continuously fumble their own bag all the fucking time, and it's so annoying. Allison Grodner, I'm fucking looking at you, bitch. I know who you are. We all know you. Allison Grodner has been ruining this show for years, and so they they just had a live eviction episode, and like, the live eviction episodes of Big Brother can either be the greatest television that you've ever seen in your fucking life, or it's like kind of boring if you already know what's going to happen or somebody like Lane goes home. But what is always exciting is when they do a double eviction. So on Big Brother every year, there's one double eviction where for a full hour, it's 
it's like a week of Big Brother in an hour and it's live. So they vote out two people. They don't know what's happening. They find out live on television that somebody randomly is going to be kicked out and they have to decide at that moment who's going to leave. So they do, they evict somebody and then they start over. They do a whole week of Big Brother. So they have an HOH. The HOH nominates two people. Those two people play for the veto. They win the veto, either use the veto or not, and then just leave without their stuff packed, without anybody planning it. And it's fun. And it's like the opportunity for them to get somebody out that like they secretly have wanted out. Mm-hmm. They can't say anything. So we get this incredible double eviction where Jared, Suri's son, who we all hate, the whole country fucking hates Jared because he's a chauvinist and a pig. And Cameron, the Matthew McConaughey cowboy, who everybody also hates. The two chauvinists have been double evicted. It is the perfect week of Big Brother. I'm climaxing. A full hour of orgasm. Then we get some fucking twist, which Julie didn't even really know how to explain the twist because nobody knew what the fuck she was talking about, where somebody's a zombie. And now all of a sudden the two people that were voted out, they're zombies and they get to come into the house They go right back into the house and they live in the house and there's no HOH for the whole week and they have to battle to figure out who gets to stay and then the the other one gets to leave. So somebody's coming back into the house. And it's like, why? Like, why? Why? What is the fucking point with these twists, these stupid fucking twists that ruin this game? I mean, the challenge will do that too, right? They'll have like the redemption house. Like if Johnny goes home first, they're like, that wasn't a real elimination. We have to, now we have a house you get to stay in until you come back to the show. I fucking hate when shows do that. It's such a deceit. And it really is like something that they have in the back burner just in case, because Jared is a part of the twist this year. Oh, right. He's Suri's son. And they don't know yet that he's Suri's son. Like not a lot of people know. So it's like a waste of- casting if he just goes home so they pull out some and I'm not trying I I, a lot of people are really passionate about this a lot of Big Brother fans believe that they're trying to help Sari win I don't think that that's true but I do think that at all costs they will protect their twist right because it's the literal reason to watch the show for the season like it's the whole point so they're gonna do what they can to protect that I'm just like so now these two fuckers are just in the house interrogating everybody about why they got sent home. And it's like, ugh. and it's not fun. And there's no HOH. There's nothing to look forward to. It's the worst. It could have been one of the best weeks in Big Brother history. And Allison Grodner fucked it up. Allison, I'm speaking to you directly with my whole chest. My whole fucking chest is pointed out right now. I'm sick of you, girl. And that's not alleged. I can see his chest. He really is. <laughs> I look like Popeye. I'm sick of it. I need to talk about something everyone's sick of, and that's Taylor Swift. I'm so sorry, everyone. I know. <laughs> no. Like, I'm making you a real promise, because I know I kind of said this during the Maddie Healy situation. Unless Taylor Swift does something really, really, really crazy, I will not talk about her again after this little segment. Troy, you can hold me accountable for that. I'm going to hold you accountable, but only because you want to. But I think that you should be allowed to talk about her whenever the fuck you want. And I also think a lot of people listen to this show who are literally obsessed with her. And 
It's like you can fast forward a few seconds. Like there's a a 10 second forward button on all listening platforms where if you don't want to hear something, you just fucking go forward. Like I kind of am just like, get over yourself. Like she's a famous person that exists. Fuck off. But it's you. I'm going to let you do whatever you want. Right. I think I need a break from Taylor. When I saw her at the Chiefs game on Sunday, I was like, you sneaky little bitch. Like, it's truly all I could think. And I am just tired. I mean, Troy and I, we hosted the uh, Patreon happy hour this week. So if you were on that, thank you for being a Patreon member. But you will hear some repeats of what I said. I just, it's giving very 1989. He showed up wearing an outfit that was enti- that was titled 1989 Bedroom look or something like just the way that she's so in our face Mm -hmm. and this is coming from someone who listens to a taylor swift playlist to go to bed if i'm having problems with it i can only imagine but like of course we're getting so many is this pr is this real of course it's pr right taylor when taylor wants to be seen she's going to be seen and she wanted to make a statement and um Travis Kelsey has always been thirsty. He had a dating show on E! in 2016. Like, I really think he's always wanted to be, I want to say like a Tom Brady or Odell Beckham Jr. That like Mm -hmm. dates the Mm -hmm. models and dates famous people and stuff. But like household name. Household name. Thank you. But I also think it's crazy that, you know, Kim was a part of the Super Bowl announcement of Usher There were zero headlines about it. It was all about Taylor. And to me, I'm just like, that quiet feud will never end. Even though they quietly seem to have squashed it, it's still there. It is funny that nobody cared. I don't even think I knew Kim was in the video until someone was like, did you see Kim in the video? I'm like, no, I just saw a headline that said Usher's headlining and I got excited. Yeah, I I really, I mean... What a flop of an announcement. Oh, my God. Like, it did not translate at all. But just kind of to circle back to uh, Taylor and Travis. I mean, his jerseys have seen a 400% spike in sales since Sunday. It's been, this is Tuesday. We record on Tuesdays. It's been two days. Can I just say something about that? Yeah. So, like, we talk about her a lot, and I always try to make the point that, like, this is just as big of a deal for these men. And it really annoys me that nobody ever says that. Like, people act like it's all her, as if it doesn't take two to tango. Like, I'm not even a fucking Swifty. That bitch gets on my fucking nerves all the time. But And I listen to her music, but she gets on my fucking nerves. But even still, I'm like... Do you guys not see that this is a huge opportunity for these men? Do you not get that yet? Like, do you not understand that she launches careers and revives careers and gives people a second chance at a career or, like, a a new chance at a new start? Like, she is a career, like, lighter. You know what I mean? Like, and if he is thirsty and attention-seeking and fame-hungry, he's probably pissing himself in joy that he's about to get a Taylor Swift era right before she releases not a new album, but like nonetheless an album. And a movie. And a fucking movie. He must be losing his mind. Like, where's the judgment of him? 
Exactly. And for them to drive around in a Corvette so or a convertible so everyone could see them and walking out together. Like, it's all so rehearsed. Yeah. And the fact that almost immediately there was a statement to people being like, Taylor's just having fun with her girlfriends and then got a last minute invite to the game and then last minute decided to go. It's giving domino tracker updates, just like Kylie and Timothy. (laughs) Honestly, I think that she likes for it to be a little, I think Taylor lives her life like the Bad Blood video or like the Wildest (laughs) Dreams video. I really think that as like, these people are so dumb to think that this is my real life. But if they think it, then I'm just going to keep fucking doing it. I mean, like the opening of Reputation is this long letter that she wrote in her album that's basically like, not everything is as it seems. Yeah. She told us. I think that she, it's like uncanny valley. Like it's like real, but not real. And she knows it and she's leaning into the camp of it all. Like, and I bet she's laughing at the people who actually clock what's really going on. Like, oh, you guys get it. And you know what? I just want to thank the few people who made um, accounts just to get added to our Instagram to comment that we have no idea what we are talking about when it comes to Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I want you guys to know I really love that. That's really fun. And I'm so glad you took the time to do that. (laughs) I want you to know that I will never see him as important enough to care to get (laughs) just so you know so every time I talk about him it will be uh misguided misinformed I don't care about that man I never will I'll never care about him enough to learn anything real about him at all and again just thinking about it how are the ratings for the chief games gonna be now right instead of people talking about how their mascot's inappropriate now people just want to know if Taylor Swift is there and that whole team is doing a circle jerk no doubt they're so happy and excited for this moment. Other than like Patrick Mahomes' wife and um, brother, they're probably really mad. Honestly, I really, I now that you said the thing about him being thirsty, because I didn't, I didn't know anything about him. All of it makes so much sense to me. All of it is like, it's giving Taylor Lautner trying to become a, a action star. You know, it's giving Harry Styles launching a solo career. It's giving like, I want to be more famous. I think Travis Kelsey wants to be, people aren't going to like this, but what Rob Gronkowski was like. Because mm. Rob could go in a suit and do pictures and do modeling. And, you know, people always love to, see, I know stuff about football. People love to argue if Gronk or Kelsey were the goats, you know, who's better than who. But pop culture wise, Gronk. Right. Because I know him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not I, interesting yeah. enough. To be like Gronkowski, who was just a fucking party animal, have so much fun, now, like, has his beautiful girlfriend. Travis Kelsey isn't interesting enough. Right. But guess who has the number one podcast in the world right now? Travis Kelsey and his brother. Oh, God, he's a podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I'm going to hear this name now so much for the year. (laughs) So that is my rant, and I do need, I'm going to take a Taylor sabbatical for a while um troy i do appreciate you letting the people know they can just fast forward as long as you're doing it for yourself yeah i'm doing it for me because it's just become like too silly like how you know she just got off this crazy tour where she broke so many records it's like why do you still need your name out there right now like i love i love when she's strutting around with haim and sophie turner putting curses on joe jonas let's talk about that 
Yeah, I I mean I get it. I I can't imagine being a true hardcore Swifty. It seems very very exhausting. But I got my own shit going on. I got a my favorite pop stars dancing around with knives right now on the on the internet. So I've got my own shit to worry about. But I get it. <laughs> Want to talk about this knife dance? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, I've gotten a whole lot of messages about Britney dancing with this knife. And first of all, do I think that like knife dancing is safe? No. <laughs> do I believe Britney's account that the knives were fake? No. <laughs> I believe that they were the same knives that I have from Target. Um, do I know for sure that Britney was just trying to do a Shakira thing? Yeah. Do I know that TMZ gets a hard-blooded erection every time she does something like this? Yep. And when I saw that fucking headline pop up, I was like, here we go. They get so excited when she does dumb shit like this because then they can take it and twist it and turn it and, and and bop it and spin it and slap it and turn it into all these fucking things. And they're obsessed with this like knife thing. Like TMZ really, really wants you to know that Britney loves knives. And I feel like the minute they saw her holding that knife, they were like, we got it. Oh, I didn't even, I totally forgot that Sam tried to say that she like hid knives around the house and stuff. Mm -hmm, and like under her pillow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> I know, oh, Brit. But I mean, just to clear up any confusion, Brittany was doing a Shakira thing. I'm not saying that it's safe. I'm not saying that she should have been swinging knives around, but that's what was going on. She was, she's obsessed with Shakira. She always has been. And yeah, she was doing Shakira. Speaking of Shakira, apparently she owes like $7 million in taxes in Spain. And yeah. I just want everyone to know she's innocent and it's her ex-husband's fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Shakira so much. It's like painful. She was my favorite. I mean, I love her interviews. Like her interviews are always fun, but her as a coach on The Voice, back when like I watched The Voice, mm -hmm. She was the shit. I don't. I know that's like such a lame way to say it, but she was so fun. No, she's great. She's like hilarious. She's a girl's girl. You know what I mean? She always supports the girls. I just like ride hard for Shakira. And obviously so does Britney. Me and Britney both ride very hard for her. We are both dancing with knives. Someone else we ride hard for on this podcast, but I don't think we can any longer. Emma Roberts. <laughs> Gotta talk about Miss Emma. Like, I guess I've always thought she was just kind of terrible. I didn't think she was, like, racist or transphobic or any any phobie, phobic, I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. But, like, now after Angelica Ross said, like, Emma Roberts would talk to her with a lower voice. Mm -hmm. Or when the director said, now ladies, and Emma allegedly would be like, actually, it's only one lady. It's like, Emma Roberts... Just because you were Chanel number one on Scream Queens doesn't mean you can always be Chanel number one. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like, I agree with you. I think we've all always had this idea that Emma is a cunt and that it translated so perfectly into her characters. And I think that we all just thought that that's the kind of cunt she was. Like, she's like a Ryan Murphy cunt. Like, she's a bitch. She's like a chain-smoking, kind of rude, young Hollywood, you know, nepo baby bitch yeah but find that she's like 
actually a terrorist on set and like actively trying to like manipulate people and play crazy mind games and and like truly being like a Dennis the Menace type girl <laughs> like it's pretty crazy yeah Emma what the fuck I don't there's and she's just gonna do it again we know she's gonna do it again and what's with Ryan Murphy's like like ingenues you know what I mean <laughs> I would like to see Emma Roberts Leah Michelle and Darren Chris have a roundtable conversation oh I'm sure they've had many in private well like we would moderate it <laughs> I would give anything the way that we would both stack our papers and just fucking launch into them um but no it's actually it really is crazy and it's like so in the same way that with um with Leah Michelle, it felt like karma that it happened right before Funny Girl, which was like the role of her lifetime. Mm-hmm. This feels to me like karma that it's happening like right before Emma's like big return to American Horror Story. And like, you know, she's leading the show. She's always on the show, but she's never like the lead, 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 lead of the show. She's like one of the characters. And this is literally her season. And the fact that this comes out, like, as the show's beginning is hilarious. It's very Shakespearean. So I wanted to talk about this. um, In the new issue of Rolling Stone, there's this really interesting article about Dr. Luke and how he, uh, in the the shadows, has been, like, planning this big comeback. And, like, he has successfully completely returned to the music industry um, in the shadows, like, behind the scenes. And it was really interesting. I really advise everybody to read it, but I did want to like, just like kind of talk about some of the highlights. So they basically, you know, of course they go through the whole, everything that happened with Kesha and everything. And then they talk about how he, in his like second generation of trying to like be successful post the Kesha stuff, he leaned into like new artists that nobody knew. So people like Doja and like, you know, artists that, we're like maybe gonna have a big moment but nobody knew and taking them under his wing and like the way that they described him I'm gonna read a quote from it because I just thought that this was really funny and it really gives like a a perfect example of like who he is to me as a producer it says Gottwald also helped pave the way his last name is Gottwald I don't know if people know that Gottwald also helped pave the way for his return to the mainstream by improving his behavior, the exec says. You would just hear that the guy was impossible to work with and went head-to-head with heads of the majors. But in recent years, he added, he's been a really decent guy. He's been lovely. I'm sure that, that when things happened, he realized that he kind of had to ease it back a bit. In the world of prescription, too, Gottwald stays in the background and lets a crew of personable executives almost all women run the company they're most they're mostly great people to work with to be honest the songwriter says they act as a buffer between luke and his company so he hired this big team of women to basically be like the people who negotiate for him now to like make himself look good and this is the best part um one artist manager says Gottwald's track records record of success was enough for some artists to overlook any qualms, even before the settlement. This is the best quote. It's almost like a neighborhood restaurant that's a little bit too expensive. And the service is bad, but some people are still going to go there, he says. 
It's the way I see lube. Not to take away from all the awful stuff that he's done, but people are going to go to their favorite restaurant, even if they have a Trump sticker in the window. I just thought that was such an interesting way to put it, because they talk about him kind of being like, he's like the Walmart of producers. Mm. Like, he makes really easy to produce, like, TikTok music that he just, it's really easy for him to make popular music that will chart. And people know that. And it's like, you could go to, you know, some expensive restaurant and maybe end up with a foam that you don't like that was $100. Or you could go to Applebee's and get like some wings that you know will be caught, like that you can afford and like they'll hit. And that's what he is to people. Mm. He's a chain restaurant. And I just thought that was so interesting. That is perfect. I know. Whoever wrote that article like bravo because that was such a good way to describe it i know but it's a really good article you guys should definitely go read the whole thing um and they go into detail about like of course like Campetris and you know doja and all those different people and like their relationship to him and yeah how he basically was just like i'm just gonna create if you guys aren't gonna let me work with people like kelly clarkson i'm just gonna literally create artists and he did he's a fucker So Drew Barrymore, all you had to wait was like 10 days and you would not have been in trouble because the writer's strike has ended, which we, I'm personally really thankful for because as much as I love reality TV, I do like some scripted stuff. Yes. Drew Barrymore, all you had to do was like, be quiet for a little longer. She must be like, fuck, 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 fuck. She must be slamming her head against the wall like, God damn it, a week? (laughs) And like in her nice voice, she's like, well, fuck. fuck. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, literally like a week and a half. She would have been fine. But I agree. I'm so happy that it's like coming to an end. And I saw in the, um, I think it was like the Hollywood Reporter article where they said the quote was like, we've come to an agreement and it's like a really, really good deal. Like a deal that's like too good to pass up. And like, I don't know. I just want like, equal pay and everything for everybody and for everybody to just be able to work right and it is crazy that i mean with our orange is the new black episode we talked about it a lot that that show is what put netflix on the map their show that was nominated too much and i got even though i like the show i got sick of seeing them win everything right um but it's crazy that like uzo aduba isn't getting paid for being crazy eyes right and that they can't afford rides home yeah it's very it's not giving um see I'm excited for it to obviously it's not like over over but it 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 means that it will likely be coming to an end so thank god it's it felt like a long I know it was only like a month and a half how long was it I don't know it feels like six years it feels like it's been a really long time like a really really fucking long time and I love that Stephen Amell he's the one who like talked out against it and then did his sad little walk protesting his show got canceled (laughs) that's what you get (laughs) um drew if you need to talk girl just dm us i know it's got to be hard right now now would be a good time for you guys to know this episode is sponsored by fume Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor 
or a spell from a witch on Etsy. We're talking about fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in your bad habit is wrong, so instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all-natural delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. So I personally love the little gadget that fume is. Um, It's really good for fidgeting. When I'm editing episodes like these, I keep it in my hand, play with it, mess with it. It has like just enough sound so it's not annoying. I couldn't do it on the podcast because you'd be able to hear it. But even when we record, I like spin in my chair. I'm always moving. So it is nice just to stay busy when you're trying to focus and having this little device in your hand. I also really love the smell of the flavor cartridges. I have a um, mint one in there right now. Love the smell of mint. And it's also good to smell mint when you're trying to focus. So it's good all around. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to try fume.com and use code blinds to save 10% when you get the journey pack today. That's try fum.com and use code blinds to save an additional 10% off your order today. This week's episode is also sponsored by Factor. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy this fall to cook, but want to make sure that you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Keep your energy up with Lunch To Go. Effortless wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. I'm obsessed with Factor because for one thing, I don't like cooking anymore. And I used to love cooking and that was a big part of my life growing up, but I just like am not into it anymore. I'm always busy. I'm always doing something. I'm always on the go. And when you're busy and on the go and trying to eat healthy, it's really hard. So it's nice to have something that's just like very easy to prepare and it's seasoned well. I've tried the microwave meals before. They're usually disgusting. They look nothing like they do on the packaging, but these actually do 
look exactly like as they do in the package. And like I said, they're actually seasoned well, which is a big deal for me. Head to factormeals.com slash blinds50 and use code blinds50 to get 50% off. That's code blinds50 at factormeals.com slash blinds50 to get 50% off. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios in Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliei was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks of 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. So we kind of touched on it earlier, but Usher has been my problematic fave forever. I cannot wait to see him crush the halftime show. He's going to fucking kill it, especially because he's been doing his Vegas residency. So I feel like whatever they've like adapted into like the production or whatever for the Vegas show, we'll see a bit of that for this. But if there's one thing Usher will do, it's perform his ass off. For sure. And sing live. I don't know if they can sing live at the Super Bowl, but typically does. Yeah, he always sings live. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Like, as a millennial, Usher is a a problematic fave. It's just we there's nothing that we can do. Listen, Troy, I'm about to sound like you, but when Lil Jon and Ludacris come on stage and they sing Yeah together, my nipples will be so hard. I love that that's sounding like me. Is that, does that represent me? 
<laughs> I agree. It's going to be really, really fun. And there's a lot of, um because he's done so many collabs, there's a lot of, like, option for guests. Do we think Justin will make an appearance? You know, I thought about that. I don't think it's good for Justin's mental health to be anywhere near a stage. I don't know if Justin will do it. Maybe we'll see Alicia Keys. Oh my God. You know, the thing is, he has so many good songs. It's like when we were talking about Rihanna, who opened up with Bitch Better Have My Money, which was so shocking. Right. Yeah. He has hits from like what, like 96 to two years ago? Yes. And they're. Ma- I mean, he is massive. He is an artist that has um stadium songs. Mm-hmm. He has stadium songs that you expect, like you expect to hear yeah at any sporting event, you know, anything like that. Like it's like a forever stadium song, which is such a milestone. It sucks that he has to be such an asshole, Usher. I know, as we read like a make a wish, and I'm like, he's my favorite. I know how I <laughs> um but a funny story, I actually broke up with my eighth grade boyfriend by sending him the lyrics to burn. <laughs> and you, you like burnt the paper a little bit? I emailed him. It's an email. Oh my the God. subject said, you just got to let it burn. I've been one for the dramatics my whole life, if you're wondering. I was going to say, that's actually like very iconic. I wanted to talk about Miss Jamie Lynn Spears and her resurgence as a star so I have theories about this I have always thought but the minute Jamie decided to release that book I was I always thought like she's playing a long game obviously releasing that book she had to have known that she was going to get hit with a a whole wave of negativity Mm -hmm. but I don't think that Jamie Lynn is a complete fucking idiot and I don't think she's being advised by idiots I think that she is playing a long game where she was basically like, at a certain point, people are going to stop hating me. They're going to see me enough and they're going to stop hating me. And like Britney fans are always going to have shit to say to me. But for the most part, at a a certain point, I'm going to be able to work again, especially with the reboot of Zoe 101. And I, 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 I think that that's what's happening. And I cannot believe that we have made this square-jawed bitch a fucking star again. I cannot believe it. I can't. Let's use the term star loosely. (laughs) That is true. That is true. But I'm just like, stop rewarding her. Yeah. It annoys me to see her being rewarded with gigs. If she wants to make money, she should be clocking in at fucking JCPenney and try working for the first time in her entire life. Not like piggybacking you know what I mean like actually working I don't know I just like I'm like fuck off like I just can't speaking of fuck off and I can't Dane Cook and his child bride the headlines of this are wild because they say his longtime love and she's what 24 (laughs) and they've been together six years and he actually shared a photo on Twitter I'll screenshot I'll see if I can screenshot it and put it in the Instagram carousel and it's from the night they met and it's all old dudes and like young young girls like Seth Green is in the picture oh god all right okay (laughs) it's so crazy it's so insane he's been 
allegedly dating her since she was 18, of course, but started talking to her at 17, but didn't do anything till 18. He's pulling a real Wilmer Valderrama over our eyes right now. I told her, get away. Stay away until the night of your 18th birthday. Good fuck off. <laughs> and then... And then the um, pumpkin that, or the police car that was waiting for him turned into a pumpkin and they rode off into the sunset together <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> Ugh. Wait, so how old is he? Do you know? He's like 50 something. Let me double check. Okay. So yeah, so Dane Cook is 51 years old. Wow. And she was 18? When they started dating and now they're they're married. They've been together a long time, Troy. Oh my God, I don't know if I ever really put that together or if I forgot or something. <laughs> you definitely just like decided not to take that in. Yeah, like my brain said, recycle, dump. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's wild. And that that's interesting. It's more interesting because he, if you had told me that that happened in like 2005, I'd say sure, uh, that makes sense. But like six years ago? A young girl knew who he was. Mm. Girl. She must have had like a bunch of old Dane Cook CDs from somebody, her older millennial, whatever. She might have saw a super finger sticker on a car and said, what's that, mom? So obviously we've gotten a lot of DMs about Sophie and Joe Jonas. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's whiplash at this point. It's a he said, she said. And I don't really like know what i think about it but i do think that joe jonas thought he was a lot more popular than he was is i should say yeah i agree i think the if it hasn't already like he's gonna have a real reality check with like his level of fame Mm -hmm. because like she made him i wouldn't say more famous but like she made him likable to people and a fashion boy yeah for sure like, she, she like, helped him step his pussy up. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, so I guess there's really not much else to say other than there's a ton of back and forth. Allegedly, Sophie found out about the divorce through, um, like, TMZ alerts type of thing. Joe says no way. So it's just a lot of he said, she said. And hopefully they can figure it out. But until then, I guess Sophie's going to be with Taylor putting, casting spells on Joe. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing their um practical magic shit like as we speak yeah. <laughs> um the last thing that we wanted to talk about was in sync was just on hot ones and like i don't know what do you what do you feel now after a few days we've had like a full week since the vmas like what do you think is going to happen with NSYNC? i really don't think it's going to be much more than this yeah i think justin's going to go on tour for justin I think the residency idea I had, like, out the window, no chance. I could see him maybe bringing, like, the boys out on stage at some shows. Mm-hmm. But Justin is doing this, like you said, I believe. Like, he can't just step into the public eye the way he used to. Mm-hmm. And now he's, I don't know if he's, if you can even say he's, like, trying to take a step back. Because the thing about Justin Timberlake is that he's the guy who says a joke, then says it louder to make sure you heard him. And you're like, I didn't laugh the first time because it wasn't funny, not because I didn't right. hear it. And he's like staring you deep into your eyes when he tells it. So make sure that he catches your little laugh. 
I was shocked. I actually really liked Lance during Hot Ones. And I give Lance a lot of shit for how he is on um, social media. But he was likable. He was funny. They were all Chris Kirkpatrick. He's some he's an odd duck. He is strange. Yeah, he's an odd one. Um, Can I tell my Chris Kirkpatrick story when I met him? Or <laughs> so if you guys haven't heard the story, I met Chris Kirkpatrick back in like 2019, I want to say at Topgolf in Nashville. And I asked him for a picture. And he said, yeah, no problem. So he stands up for the picture as I'm holding my phone up. This might be like a trigger warning type of thing. But as I hold my phone up, he goes, this might be the last picture anyone sees of me alive because I fucking hate my life. So you should sell it to TMZ if I kill myself. And we still took, we took the picture and I go, I hope you don't. Uh, like to say that to a young girl is a wild like i think about it constantly you really have to be in a low a low point to say that to a young girl of a stranger fan and i have i put it on twitter and someone's like that's his humor i'm like it's not very funny (laughs) that's his humor jesus christ oh my god no i will say that i think it's very interesting like over the years the way things have shaken out because Back in the day, Lance was, like, mute. Mm-hmm. Like, Lance was, like, not... He didn't pretend to be in the front of the band. He didn't want to be. He had no interest. He didn't talk very much. He didn't sing a lot. Like, he was the posh, if you will, of the band. And now, I mean, after years of being, like, a radio star, Lance is, like, the most vocal, honestly, I would say most charming member of NSYNC. Like, he should be up at the front in between JC and Justin at this point, you know, because he's, he has stepped his pussy up. And the way they sat, it was almost like he was sitting behind Justin. It was really like, Justin was clearly like forefront. Um, But one thing that Chris did talk about, which I really liked, and I think we've talked about on this, on this podcast before he talked about why like one direction didn't work out. He's like, you know, I carried the um, higher notes. Joey did whatever, fucking joey did and we knew that justin and jc were lead singers and we kind of took the parts that we knew we were good at whereas Mm -hmm. you put together a manufactured band they all want to be solo artists exactly yeah and that sums it up right and in sync i mean he chris is like such a huge factor in like forming in sync like he is like the leader of the band really he's the founding member yeah he's the founding member and he was the he was the one that really wanted them to focus on like crooning because he was in like a he was in like a like a crooner boy little group like a like he was in one of those so he was like had a huge emphasis on like harmonizing and and vote like vocals and stuff whereas like yeah one direction was like when do we get to do our solo album mm-hmm. so it is interesting it makes me sad that they're not going to do like a tour thing I really wish that they were. I wish that your um, residency thing was right. I do. I mean, it could happen eventually, but I don't know. I just, I think Justin is honestly probably also having a tough time dealing with the fact the whole internet is like, JC is a better singer than you. No, I know. Like he's a walking meme at this point. Yeah. He really is. And he needs the nostalgia like you said, he can't just like come out with a new song. He has to remind us with nostalgia of why we liked him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
<laughs> so it's like I'm gonna do a song with Timbaland and Nelly Furtado and like go on hot ones with NSYNC and like it's smart like it's he's being advised by smart people they're smart choices but it, it I don't know if it matters at this point yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. I am curious to hear Justin's new music because that Man of the Woods album. Oh, my God. I know. And the thing is, as much as I hate that fucker, he is so talented. And when he hits, he hits very hard. Like when Justin knocks it out of the park, he hits a home fucking run. So there is a world where he can release music and it's great and it transcends. And I thought that 2020 album wasn't going to do well. And it did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Justin just did what Justin did that I did notice at the end and it could just be because I hate him, right? Like it could just be because I don't like him. I know where my bias is with him, Yeah. but you know how they always cheers like last dab type thing. Mm-hmm. So Lance, you know, Lance, uh, Chris, JC and Joey cheers together and Justin turned to the host to cheers. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, God, I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's it for pop culture. We are taking our little uh, two-week break. And I'm sure some shit's going to happen because we just said we're taking a break. <laughs> Taylor Swift is going to be like pregnant. I'm going to be like, shit. <laughs> it really has to be something like that for us too because we get a lot of like whenever whenever we take a break something does happen and then we get flooded with please do an emergency episode and I can tell you right now just for future reference it's likely that that will not ever happen unless it's like a a crazy death or something seriously fucking nuts but yeah yeah and also not to plug like my own tiktok but that's where like we would go either to twitter or tiktok because Uh, to sit down record edit all of that like and we also like to give things room to breathe mm -hmm. i think that's really important thing that troy and i know is important because it'll be like sophie and joe where there's a billion articles at once right you never well, we don't like to cover stuff when it breaks because there's always more. There is always more. You give it a day and it turns into a whole different thing. So it's just better to like wait. And by the time, if we did an emergency episode, by the time it came out, it would be, it wouldn't even matter the following day. Right. It wouldn't even matter. You guys would be over it in a day. But thank you guys so much. Season four has been so much fun. I'm so glad we have our little pop culture moments and and yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for season five. We have some ideas of things we want to change, do, and maybe we always say maybe some guests, and that's never true, but maybe some. <laughs> no, but this season has been really great. We appreciate you guys so much. We love you for letting us like make mistakes, try new things, change things, learn as we go. You know, like we're like I always say, we're just two idiots with microphones. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? We're not. We didn't, I don't know. We're idiots. And we love you for letting us be idiots. Yeah. And hopefully we'll we'll get to hug some of you at the New York and Boston shows. We will hug you guys as next. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.